Hey, thanks for checking out our show. If you like what you hear, we have tons of additional content at patreon.com slash the media lunch break. Hold on. All right. I'll be back. Hold on. No problem. How's he doing? Well, I'm going to say that's a Band-Aid solution at best and uh, go from there. Yeah. I guess the real question is, how are you doing? I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. I knew it. Sarah is out for the night. She she went out with some friends. Oh. And they know when that happens. And they, he knows, and he knows like mm-hmm. the moment I, I literally hit the record button and he sat up and I was like, <laughs> is it on a frequency? Like what's <laughs> happening? Is it, does the record button let out some sort of high pitched squeal that only dogs and my child can hear? What's going on? It's like, I've always wondered how vampires know when it's dark outside of the coffin. Yeah. Why don't it's like they, that? Yeah. Maybe that's why they don't exist anymore. <laughs> Because they kept testing it out. Well, they kept getting up. They didn't. They didn't have that sense. And yeah. they would get up. They were like, ah, it feels like it's been a while. I've slept more than a few hours. Yeah. Certainly. I'm going to open up this thing. Let and, me just and, say, ah, ah, damn it. How are you? I feel like dog shit. Oh, I blame you. Yep. Everyone in my family is sick. Yep. It's from you. I don't know how. It is from me. I still have it. <laughs> I gave it to you. You control C and control yeah, V. Yeah, took it back. You copy myself. pasted. Yep, I copy pasted. And that was my mistake. I should have cut and pasted. Yes. <laughs> I copied it. Still here. You could have just control A delete. I know. I know. But you got to fuck shit up for everybody. Yeah. You got to control X, control V, control A, delete. Uh, I cut it. I paste <laughs> it to you. Uh-huh. Then I select it all. I delete it for myself. But if you're cutting it. What are you selecting? I'm pasting it to you. So I'm selecting mine. But you you cut Wait, it first. Uh, yeah, no, I see what you, you said. That. Yep, no, I see. And then you select nothing. Yep. And then you delete it. That's correct. And then I take the app off of my hard drive. <laughs> Chris, I don't have the fucking bandwidth for this right now. That's all right. Because it doesn't make any sense anyway. It's just a bunch of gibberish. I'm going to die on the mic and it's going to be great content. Oh, it's going to be so good. I'm going to let you know right now. In your honor, I'm going to let this go. We're not going to continue afterwards. Rude. If you die on the mic, I'm not getting a new co-host. If you died on the mic, I would figure it out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I'm aware. In your honor. Yes, I by know. By the way. Yes, I know. Well, that's my final wish. Really? I know These it- should be flipped. In your honor, I should cancel the podcast. And in my honor, you should keep going. No, actually, if you think about this, if you think about this. That makes sense. I would want you, if I were to die, I would want you to continue the podcast. But if you were to die, there's no way you would want me to keep this going. I would absolutely want, are you kidding? I put so much fucking heart and soul into this. That's why you wouldn't want me to keep it going. You're like, no, motherfucker, this is my name. (laughs) You're not going to cash in on my name and hard work. Okay, so find somebody else with my name. Oh, that's the caveat, is it? (laughs) I see how it is. I see how it is. Okay. All right. Fine. So everyone's sick? It was just me first. Literally throughout the day today. Like eight in the morning, it was me. I woke up and I was like, oh no, something's off. I got a scratchy throat and I'm a little dizzy. I don't I don't like this. Yep. And then yeah, about yeah. two hours later, Rowan said, mouth hurt. And I was like, mouth hurt? Where? And he point he stuck his finger all the way into his mouth and pointed at the very back. And I was like, oh, your your throat hurts. <laughs> and he was like, yeah. And he was like, blow nose and was pointing at it. And I had to like blow his nose. I'd like put up a little wipe for him to blow into and shit. And 
then right around like noon or one, Melinda was like, I'm getting a headache. And then now she's like in the bath with a headache and a sore throat. And awesome. Yeah, we're fucked. This is right before she starts her week and a half long vacation from work. Oh, joy. Starts it tomorrow. Great. So instead of week and a half long vacation, she could have just taken sick days. Well, she doesn't really have any sick days. It's a whole thing. But the the thing is that she's like, I'm going to have a vacation. It's going to be so. Rel-. Nope. I'm just going to be sick. Yep. Yep. Uh, oh, did you fix it? I wish. It would have been amazing. I'm having honey in my tea for the first time. Ever? Star- so we were gifted honey from Melinda's sister, who uh, her and her wife own, run, founded, I don't know, a, a beehive thing. Oh, okay. That's why. And I was trying to figure it out. I, I was know. like, you were like, because Mel's, <laughs> Mel's sister and her wife. And I wanted you to finish the sentence, have never met us before. (laughs) Yeah, I was trying to think of a funnier joke, but I cannot right now. Anyway, they gifted us a thing of honey for a late Christmas gift from their hive. And I literally I've never had I'm fairly new to tea. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I I just started drinking maybe a year or two ago. Yeah, you were more of a beer man before that. I have never liked beer either. No, you haven't actually. Yeah. You and I would drink whiskey occasionally on the. We would, we would occasionally, <laughs> occasionally, <laughs> when we weren't just shoving pizza in our faces. You kidding me? Episodes two through two hundred. Yeah, that's right. we haven't even gotten there yet. I know. So I just started. This is like the third time I've had tea. I've had um, honey in my tea. And are you, uh, is this going to be a permanent thing now? I think it has to be because okay. it is quite good. I'm surprised you, who like. You know, sweet things. I know. So here's the thing. I like sweet things. Uh Uh-huh. I don't... I need to eat less of them. (laughs) Right. But honey is an okay sweet thing. Uh, uh, Depends on how it's made and da-da-da. Well, and also how much of it and, you know... Right, right. But honey, I'm saying like honey... Anything that has sugar in it, no matter how the sugar is processed, it's always going to be better if you don't consume it. Yes, correct. But... As far as if you're having right, sugar. Right, it's not like I shoved a Snickers bar in my tea. Yeah, exactly. Which, oh, actually, with the yeah, right that's kind a bad of idea. tea. Maybe I'll try that next. Mm. Yeah, it's good. It's delicious, isn't it? It's wonderful. It's fantastic. And I keep putting more and more in. And soon there'll be no tea. I put half a spoonful in at first, and I was like, that's not really enough. So I put a whole spoonful in, and I was like, oh, that's really good. So this time I put two spoonfuls in. You're doing this wrong. I'm going to yeah, die, Yeah, you're Chris. definitely doing that wrong. Yeah, for sure. It's so good. It is good. You're right, Andrew. Stop drinking it. Stop it. I can't help it. Getting it all jacked up. It's the only thing keeping me awake. Have this weird honey sugar high in the middle of the show. And then this weird honey (laughs) crash at the end. Just in the beginning. Yeah. I built a set of bunk beds this weekend. Holy shit. Yeah. And you didn't invite me over. I know. To test them out with you. Mm. (laughs) No, they're bunk beds. We would sleep in separate beds. Wait, did you say bunk beds or butt beds? What's the diff? Uh, do you want a list? Uh, why don't you come over and we'll get, climb into the bunk beds and you can tell me all about hey. it. Yeah, I uh, I did I did think of you, however, because I was like, every time I would hit a snag, I'd be like, oh, fucking Andrew's gonna make fucking fun of me for this fucking. <laughs> made fun of you i would have loved to help that's what i mean oh you're sweet you're so sweet do you know how many fucking beds i've built in my life if it's enough to warrant 
that much frustration in just saying it. It's too many beds, Andrew. It's too many well, like beds. Set design and stuff. Oh, well, you know? that's a different story. I meant. Like, yeah, I mean, it's still a bed, but like, like are you going door to door with this shit? Like, <laughs> I should. I've uh, thought about making an Etsy shop where I make people's beds for them out of lumber. Uh, but yeah, so I built a I built a set of bunk beds. That was fun. That was uh, it's successful. Kids love it. Which one's going on top? The oh, older one? Emerson, yeah. yeah. The one who can climb up a ladder. Yeah. That's who. It was an easy choice. Either way, man, I've, I've met both your kids. Either yeah. way, it's a wild card. Actually, uh, Ryder can get up the ladder now. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. And he'll, it's kind of hilarious because he always wants to take something up with him, like he's storming a castle of some kind. <laughs> so he, we had to teach him, like, because he'll just like, no, fuck it. I can do this one-handed. Yeah. <laughs> and we're like, no, you can't, dude. I can walk with no hands. How hard could it be? Exactly. It's like walking, but like up. Yeah. So we had to teach him. So he does this cool thing now where he like comes up on one step and then he takes whatever he has and he just chucks it onto the bed and then just scales the rest of it. I'm like, every time he does it, I was like, you look badass. Yeah. Usually it's a weapon of some kind too. So it's cool. <laughs> so he has like a sword and he's like, I'm storming, going up on this bed, chuck the sword, climb up, grab the sword, motherfuckers. In honor of January 6th. Exactly. Yeah. I'm bracing. Raising a good little Republican. <laughs> they weren't all Republicans, YouTube. I don't know. I don't know who would have a problem with that, but just in case. I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to cover my bases on that. You know what I mean? I don't know what that gets You should us. make a little pulley with a basket. Oh, yeah. For the younger one. Like a dumbwaiter? Yeah, yeah. yeah or a like smart a, one. I don't know. It could be, you know, if it connects to Wi-Fi or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so he could just bring stuff up all the time. Yeah. Uh, that would take the fun out of it. He likes chucking stuff up there. I meant so he could bring the little one up. Oh, so he could bring... Wait, so... Oh, so Emerson could bring the little one up? Yeah. No, he wouldn't... He wouldn't He wouldn't take that. Sounds like a dick. Yeah, so that's... That was my whole... So now they're there. So if you hear a large crash in the middle of the show... Yeah. Uh, all of my days are always full of everything. <laughs> Great. <laughs> That's so specific. It's hard for me to keep track of shit. That's what I'm trying to say. I do so goddamn much. I know. I know you do. I was asked to build a set and I turned it down. Good for you. Good Thank for you. you. <sighs> Proud of you for that. Thanks. I don't know. I'm still trying to fix the basement. Oh, yeah. How's that coming? Fine. I have like three projects that are all going at the same time, um, including like making an enormous shelf above the cabinets in my kitchen. And part of that got a big step backwards because we lost the lumber in the flooding. I thought you were going to say we lost the kitchen. We lost the kitchen in the flooding. In, in the flood. Yeah. Yeah. It flooded. In the, the, kitchen, the flood came through. Kitchen just washed away. Yo, Melinda told me that she's been debating talking to me before the flood about uh, moving our kitchen to the basement. And then she was like, eh, never mind. Moving the kitchen <laughs> to the basement. To make more room. It's stupid. <laughs> Not that you're stupid. If you're listening to this, I love you with my heart and soul. But uh, light of his life. Light of my Absolutely. Life. Uh, he tells me all the time. And weirdly enough, it's not when we're recording to put this out for mass consumption. Just only when it's me and him where no one else can hear it. But he does tell mass me all the consumption. T- mass consumption. Yeah. Do you like that? Thinking positive. Thinking big here, Andrew. <laughs> I was laughing more at consumption. Yeah. Big plans. Big plans for this. Oh, yeah. We might be mass teaching a class soon. We are teaching a class soon. Oh, we are teaching a class. That's might be. Are we going to get canceled? Chris, every time we try to do something, it, it falls through. 
I just am, oh that's true I'm just so that's used true. to we have almost gone on like three different podcasts all of them have canceled we almost taught a class in China that got canceled we've been trying to like teach panels no that that one podcast it, we didn't try we weren't trying to go on three podcasts we tried to go on one podcast three times Mm-mm. that's a different thing there were at least two different ones and one of them we tried to go on three times oh yeah there was I, I'm telling you man Something's going to fucking happen. It happens every time. They don't like us. I know. Anyway, this doesn't mean anything to anyone listening, because uh, unless you're a member of the I don't know what what what, do you know what year they are? The 2025 cohort of the Actors Studio Drama School, I guess, or something. Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, And and taking the business for actors course. Yeah, sure. We're going to come in and teach a class. Let's go. I I feel like our energy levels are going to be in the flooded basement. Yeah. (laughs) This episode. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't that mean that we should? Oh, it does. I was going to say, doesn't that mean we should we should be extra fiery, extra on on words (laughs) on words, (laughs) Uh, extra on words. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I'm not going to make it through this. Welcome to the Media Lunch Break, bringing you all of your comic, geek, and movie news, all in the time it takes to eat good sandwich and have lot word. My name is Chris Trebo. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Dunn. Say hello, or just really just groan into the microphone, Andrew. I have words. I have the best words. Uh, you have all the words. <laughs> I know words. There are no words. There are no I, words. I, I, I know of words. Okay. I've heard say. of words. I've heard of words. Man, Andrew, let's get into this. Listen, the world is in a uh, is in a hell of a place. All right, you and me, we're both sick. People are finding classified documents in everyone's house. Apparently, <laughs> the Oscars are have been announced. And if that weren't enough, oh, hang on a sec. There's wait, wait. Sorry to interrupt. There's yeah? a knock at the door. Oh, okay. Is it the FBI? They're they're asking for for some kind of documents. Uh, yeah. Oh, tell them I found them in my glove compartment. Oh, they're in Queens. Yeah. 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 All right. They're leaving. Okay. What were you saying? And if that weren't enough, Andrew, zombies, man, fucking zombies, fucking they're fucking everywhere, man. Yeah. I can't take this shit anymore. Yeah. They're fucking all over the place. Just zombieing up their little zombie hands everywhere. It's ridiculous, man. These zombies all over the place. Fungus zombies. Fungus zombies at that. The worst kind of zombies. Everyone knows that, man. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Uh, the Last of Us got started by this time. It's actually three episodes in. It is, yeah. So we're a third of the way in. Yeah. Now, when we're recording this, we've had two episodes. So we're not going to be talking about episode three. That's right. And I'm very excited to see uh, Nick Offerman. I am too. I hope he's very good. I'm also <laughs> excited for... I cannot remember this guy's name, but he is great. He was, sounds like you're incredibly excited I actually for this am, person you don't know. Hold on. I'm going to look him up right now. Is he the other... The other guy. The other yeah. guy with Nick Offerman. Yeah, he won the Emmy for White Lotus. He was just in the Chippendales, oh. uh, Kamal Nujani series. He's really good. He's like one of these guys who like is having a moment right now, and every time he's on screen, I'm like, this guy's good. This guy's he's doing good. a Bradley Cooper. Yeah. <laughs> he is. Or a Chris Pratt, I guess. Yeah. Murray Bartlett. That's what his name is. It's a made up name. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a gangster from New York. He is. Oh, good. Right. Wow. But yeah, so 
well, we're going to be talking about at least episodes one and two, at least only episodes one and two. That's all we can talk about. Yeah. But we'll, we're going to get into this right now. You have to be careful after watching a show like The Last of Us, Chris. Why is that, Andrew? Well, because after the first episode, I noticed my three year old was acting a little strange. He was making weird sounds. Hmm? He was like doing a little ticking, shaking, convulsing uncontrollably. His skin even started to change color. Good news, though. He was just choking on his chicken nuggets. Today, we're talking about this show, just like you said, The Last of Us, the first two episodes. Before we get into any spoilers, yes, very broadly, no spoilers, what do you think of the first two episodes so far? I love this show. Yeah. I'm really in it. I'm really in it. Now, I will say, I was looking forward to this talk for once. Wow. Because we don't often get a chance to come at it at a thing like this from two very different angles because I'm coming at this not having played a single second of the video game. Yeah. You've played both of them? Yes. Sort sort of, sort of. I sat next to Melinda for every single second that she played the second one because it's more of a her thing. She introduced the game to me. So right. when the second one came out, I wanted to let her play all the way through first. Right, right, right. But you, you at least know how the games go all the way through. Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. So you're going to be coming at it knowing kind of how the game is and the plot line and everything like that. So you're going to see where they stray from that. And I have no idea what you'll be talking about. So here's what I'm going to say. Spoilers for the first two episodes of of The Last of Us. However, don't spoil anything from what might be coming up in the plot for me by way of the video game. So you don't want to know about how they nuke the entire country at the end. I assumed. Okay. You can see that coming down. <laughs> I'm just down kidding, the line. or am I? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, of course. Of course. Let me ask this as we're getting into like how we like this. Uh-huh. If I watch this show, from what you can tell from the first two episodes, right? If I watch this show, is it still worth playing the game? Like how closely is this hewing towards the plot of the game so far without spoiling? Remind it? me, have you seen and read scott pilgrim yes okay it's been a while for both i've read it more recently so for anyone who doesn't know who's not familiar with the scott pilgrim franchise the movie is exactly like the comics for the most part um almost page for page almost like 100 of the dialogue with the exception of the last book which wasn't out yet so they had to sort of make up an ending that being said If you enjoyed watching two hours of it, you will likely enjoy going back and watching the movie, but as a comic for a week or two, which is like how long it takes you to get through all the books. That's how I would describe my suggestion for this. Okay. If you like the show, I think it adds an element to it when you are Joel. Mm -hmm. The replay value for the game also is very high, famously. Like people love going back and replaying the game over and over again. Got it. So it's not like if you know what's going to happen, it, you know, ruins the magic or whatever. Right. Yeah. I think if you enjoy the show, it's not going to be the same experience as playing it knowing nothing, but it will be a nice sort of companion piece and it will add an extra dimension to the story for you to go back and play the game right is this i mean so far in these in the first two episodes is it like 
Yeah, this is exactly how the game, like the order that the game goes and everything? Or Virtually, yeah. Okay. There's a couple little changes that we can get into if you would like, but they're, they're not big. Melinda, even after she, like I said, she's the big nerd of the game uh, in this household. Mm-hmm. And she even like, after nerd. the first episode, I know, big old nerd. Do you just point at her and you're just like, nerd? I was, because you know what? We don't suffer through nerds on this show. Nope. Nerds. Which is why we hate each other. I gave myself a wedgie just the other day. (laughs) I passed by a mirror and was like, oh, got to do it. Yep. I see a nerd over there. Punched myself in the face. I took my own lunch money. (laughs) So meta. It's like I bought myself lunch with my money and I was like, hey, man, that's what I was going to use it for. Yeah. And then I ate it obnoxiously in front of myself. (laughs) Uh, she had a the only problem she had with the first episode is a single line that was changed. And I was like, I don't know. I don't even tell you which one it was. There's um, again, spoilers for the first two episodes. Right. Of uh, of The Last of Us. There's a at the very beginning in that opening scene, there's a, a police officer who is going to kill Joel and Sarah. Yes. His daughter. Yeah, 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 yeah. And in the show, he says, hey, I've got two people. One's injured ankle. Uh, what do I do? And his next line is, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you kind of get what he's being told. Yeah. So in the game, he says, but sir, one of them's a child. Oh, and that's what they cut. Right. And that's how they tell you what he's being told. Right. So like, and she was like, I kind of think that it, you know, it really loses a lot without that line. And I was like, I disagree i think both are, sh- are showing and not You're telling like, well this is a television show based on a video game so the fact that they only changed one line is right exactly you know? well and also like it, it's not like that one line was yeah i don't know luke i am your father or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah so i was like yeah it's fine. like it does the same thing it does it, it moves the plot forward in the exact same direction in the same way they both show instead of tell you don't see the guy say you know kill them both they both relay that information to you in a way that is sort of um, subtextual. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was the big difference. In the, and there's a couple little things here and there. I don't think Joel is a drug dealer or a drug mule, I guess, in right, the games. Right, right. But it is a lot of like, they're looking for a battery. It's him and Tess. I don't think they're like in a relationship or whatever you want to call what they are in the show. Sure. Or sure, you sure, don't, sure. you just don't see it. But a lot of the relationships are very similar. What they're doing, where they're going, all that stuff is pretty much the same. Some of the lines are taken word for word. Right. Again, there are a couple differences. Some stuff like um, this is really I, I get why they changed this thing in the game. You can either become a zombie by getting bit or by their spores. Yes. That once they die, they will release these spores. So they have gas masks they carry with them wherever they go. There are sometimes rooms that they can't go into except for Ellie because she's immune. Right. So, you know, they changed. They took that away, but they added the like neural pathway thing. Yeah, I was wondering about I actually had that as one of my notes, the spore thing. Yeah, I was like, they should because they go into the hotel. Yes. In the second episode and the whole time they're walking, he's like crunching on stuff. And I was like, (laughs) oh, they should be wearing masks. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I mean, I like we live in post COVID times and yeah, like we're still kind of wearing masks and I'm just like, in general. Yeah. You don't want to breathe in zombie dust. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm like when they're like, Oh yeah, it's like a mushroom. And I was like, 
wait mushrooms spread through the air yeah i know well and also just like you're breathing in dead bodies like you you could get the plague or some shit like (laughs) yeah who knows what offshoot of this you can get just from breathing yeah well and also like again this isn't a disease but like who's or like a virus but who's to say that those bodies don't have horrible viruses yeah exactly or bacteria or whatever but uh, and there are a couple other little things too there's like that weird makeout thing at the end where a zombie makes out with Tess. I don't know oh, what yeah, that yeah, is. Yeah. That, that's yeah. not in the game. It felt very weird to me, but a lot of people thought it was very interesting and cool. I think it's it's one of those things where... Because there's the neural pathway. Is that new for the show? Yes. Or is that... See, I like that a lot. I think it's a very... Yeah, well, I do too. Yeah. I, and I think this is one of those things, and this is where you're going to get people who are understanding about the fact that this is now a television show and you have to make certain concessions for it or additions to it or things to adapt to a new medium and people who die hard love the game who don't want it veered from one iota but i'm like but that for television that neural pathway thing that works great in the way that they used it at the end of the second episode where it's like You know, you saw those things go up the guy's finger and then all of a sudden now we have a stampede and you're like, now we have some suspense right here. You know what I mean? Like now we have something going for us. Um, I thought the kiss. I understand what you're saying about the kiss being weird. I for me, I think that's it was one of those things where in every zombie movie, there's always like, oh, if you have the if you have the the zombie virus, they don't sense you. Right. Yes. So I think that's a spin on that of like, if you have, if you have the fungal thing, then they're just going to make out with you. Well, basically, because he he takes those spore things come out. So it's the spores coming out and like, I'm going to take you in there. But yeah, they had a word for them, like tendrils or something. Tendrils or something. Yeah. So I'm thinking about the idea of a spore passing. But like those tendrils come out to pass the fungus. But didn't it already? In the bite? It did, but I think it's just I think it's just moving it along or something like that. But they don't need to bite her again. I think that it somehow senses like they don't need to bite her again. She's already one of because, them. Okay, so Melinda said the same thing when I talked to her about it. And I was like, but if that's the case, then doesn't that mean that if you get bit, you aren't actually infected? There's a chance that you won't. If they if they have to do that. If they have to do if they have to do the make, the out, make thing, out thing. I don't think they have to. Then why is he doing it? I mean, he probably hasn't seen a woman in a while. No, um, no. What I'm saying is, I think that they that he, he slash it because I don't know the zombies pronouns. Uh, he slash it could sense, yeah, the fungus right. already in her. That's why they were all running past her. Yeah, maybe it's like that's what I thought too. And then and then it cued in. A, I, well, you're right. That's why they were all running past her. So I think I don't know. Maybe he's plugging her into the network more do you know what i mean like i guess but like again like then then does that not happen unless somebody makes out with you like i don't i I don't know it's all very weird to me that's been my experience it's a it's just a (laughs) it's a it's a just a weird pet peeve that i had with that it's a small issue it's not a big deal i don't think it even needs to be solved right everything else about the show is very good well that's the other thing i was gonna say is again because this is a television show 
that could get answered later on. It could, this could yeah. just be an, a thing that happens and you go, that was weird. Yeah. And then four episodes down the line, they go, oh, yeah, they do this thing. Now. Yeah, they find a scientist who's like, ah, this strain of fungus mm. is, has to do this thing or whatever. It yeah. can't get into the neural network unless it goes through your uvula. I also think that the neural pathway thing is a good trade off for the spores because they talked about how there was like some behind the scenes stuff. Where Neil Druckmann, the creator yeah. of the game, and who he's also, also directed like the, the second episode as well. Yes, and I think he's like the producer and the showrunner and yeah. the writer yeah, yeah, and blah, yeah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. He's incredible. And he has talked about how, you know, the spores are a real thing. They wanted to stay very true to like the way fungus works. And they so they did that. But it is much more conducive to a gameplay experience where you can like shut like, oh, we we can't go through this hotel room. We've got to take the long way around, you know, because it's closed off because there's a bunch of spores in there. So we're going to have to go all the way around the building. And that's more fun in a video game. It's less fun in a TV show to just watch people walk around for the next 45 minutes looking for ammo and shit. And I think the neural pathways, which Neil Druckmann has talked about, how that's a real thing that fungus fungi do as well up to a mile away that they can communicate using sort of I, I don't know what it is because I'm not a fungus scientist, but like electric right. impulses. <laughs> I can tell because I'm pretty sure they're not even called fungus scientists, but I'm pretty sure they are. I guess you we'll could get you. one on. There's got to be a technical term. We already established that I'm a word man. <laughs> I'm a wordman. So that is true. You got me there. I'm not a jack of all trades. I'm an expert in words. Yep. So anyway, uh, so that's uh, I think that's a good trade off that like it would kind of slow it down, make it a little boring. And instead, we've got this other thing. That's another thing that stays true to the original idea of the story that is also more conducive to storytelling in a series medium. Yes, I agree. I agree. What do you think of the cast? So far, good. Okay, so I love Pedro Pascal. Mm-hmm. I think he's doing a great job. Yes, he is not an obvious choice for this role, and he is knocking it out of the park. Oh, he's killing it! I know he's killing um, it. In fact, he has a lot to live up to. Troy Baker, who's the voice of Joel originally, mm-hmm. I in my head, I was like, "There's no way to do it better than this." Like, and Troy Baker in the voiceover community and in the Last of Us community is very. I mean, he's basically the highest pedestal you can have. Well regarded. Yeah, right. And I went back and watched some of the cutscenes from The Last of Us from the game. And I was like, Pedro Pascal does these lines a little better, actually. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's doing a good job with this. He's doing a really good job. I don't mind. I have their names here. Anna Torv. Is that her name? Uh, The woman who plays Tess. Okay. Ellie is fine. Here's okay. There was something that was bugging me through this whole thing, and I couldn't figure out what it was mm-hmm. through both episodes. Mm-hmm. And it was involving both Ellie, mostly Ellie, a little bit of Tess as well. And I just couldn't put my finger on it. And then I found out that the woman who plays Tess is from Australia. Yes. And the woman who plays Ellie is from England. Uh, she was evidently in Game of Thrones. And I think that might be it. There's something so inherently American about these characters. She was in Game of Thrones. Sorry, go ahead. Yes, she was. It it reminded me of there was I remember uh, watching Samuel Jackson talk a little bit about the movie Get Out. And he said there was something when he watched it that he couldn't quite put his finger on that just sort of rubbed him the wrong way. And then later afterwards, he found out that Daniel Kaluuya was from England 
And he was like, there's just a frequency Mm -hmm. that wasn't being shown like a megahertz style frequency, not like a repetitive motion. (laughs) But like he was like, there's something that was just there was a layer that was missing in the performance. And he said what it was is that the man playing this role had not been raised black in America. Yeah. Which is what that movie is about. Right. And I feel like there's a little bit of that going on. And it's one of the reasons why Pedro Pascal is doing such a good job. He was raised in fucking Texas in San Antonio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you feel the connection to family. You feel the weight of a Southern man who has lost his whole family. Yeah. That inherent, you know, whatever that culture is in Texas. Yeah. You know, and exactly like, you know, family is going to be different wherever you go. Yes. Uh, every state, every neighborhood. It doesn't everything. mean it's less important anywhere else. No, but no, it's, no. Not by any means. But it's taken in and established. There's a different relationship to it. Yeah. There's a different relationship and expressed in a different way. Yes. And he is coming at it as a Texan. Yes. You know, portraying a Texan. So, it, you know, you also feel it then when he's stuck up in Boston, yes. which is no longer really Boston, but for but he still feels like a man out of place. Yes, absolutely. In this spot, you know, and you go, how did he get to there? That's a good point that I wonder if part of the reason as well is that, you know, when you travel England, it takes you two hours to drive from one end to the other. Right. So I, I wonder if there's a, sort of a lack of that sense as well about the vastness of this country yeah. and how different each pocket and community is. There's so I'm not, I, it's something I can't quite put my finger on. Mm-hmm. I like the performance of Ellie. She's getting a lot of shit as well because she doesn't really look like the video game character, which is a double standard because Pedro Pascal doesn't look anything like Joel. Yeah. They wanted Elliot page and they couldn't get Elliot page because they couldn't get this going like in time for that to happen. Yeah. Well, and frankly, I think there was also some sort of bad blood around that because the character was clearly modeled off of Elliot Page. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And Elliot Page at the time, they were like, mm, yeah, they, you know, they were going like, oh, you could play this part. And and Elliot Page goes, no, no. Yeah. You can't just no. Yeah. I'm not taking that. Yeah. You didn't pay me for the first thing to use my face. Yeah, exactly. I think is mostly what it was. Yeah. But regardless of that, there. I think all the actors are doing a great job. I think Ellie's doing a great job. I think Tess is great. Marlene, as well, we have to bring up. She's great. But I think Pedro Pascal is clearly showing... What he's he's in his element too. This guy is not much different from the Mandalorian. I was just gonna say that. I think yeah. there are two things going for him because you mentioned the the voice actor from uh, from the game. One, you also have to remember when you're a voice actor, you are standing in a booth in front of. He a wasn't. They. This was one of the first ones they Did filmed. They- did they they mo the entire thing okay. and had microphones up. That's fair. They they did mo <laughs> but he's still slightly out of his element. Like you, when yeah. you're in a mocap suit, you're in this yeah. big, weird, you know, ping pong ball suit. Yeah, you're in a big sound stage or something with boxes sure. as whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas what Pedro Pascal is like in a place, you know, when with he's people. in a with people, he's in a who, room who are with dressed people. the way they're supposed to. And there are set pieces. And I've decided that Pedro Pascal's character is, is now going to be my new fashion icon as well. Just <laughs> man can match denim with denim. Like, yeah, oh, it looks so good. But yeah, he's in his element. But on top of that, yeah, he also has the fact that he's been doing the Mandalorian now for three seasons. Yeah. 
Which, like you said, is not much different. The only difference is like he can emote yeah. with this one. Well, and the uh, the child is slightly taller. Is slightly taller and can talk back to him. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. So he's yeah. got some. See, he can play off of the off of his co-star. Finally, I mean, it's basically one of those things where like any of the constraints of the Mandalorian is now taken off of him. Yeah. So now he is like room to run. This is like when you have this a... This is easy. Yeah. It's like when you have a... Uh, I've seen footage of like track stars training and when they train, they they have this like parachute on the back. They yeah. make them run with a parachute so that when you take the parachute off, they like just go. Yeah. That's what he's doing. He has the parachute off. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's just going. And even when he's, he's one of those runners who even when he has the parachute on, he's running faster than most everybody else. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and now he's really going. So and this is only after two episodes. So I'm, I'm incredibly interested to see where this is going to go. Let me ask you as someone who is not familiar with the game. Yeah. What did you think of the uh, Pixar movie up opening? I will tell you what. The first 34 minutes of this is some of the best TV I've seen in a long, long, long time. That's how the game opens. I know, because I remember one time you described, I think, the entire opening of the game on one of the episodes or something. Oh, my God. It's so heartbreaking. But I was like, this is incredible. I this Here's one thing that this show does really, really well, and I'm sure it's something that the game does really well as well. As well, as well. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I have all the words. We know words. We know words. We're (laughs) We're wordmen. We're wordmen. Is that every character (laughs) that you come in contact with, full three-dimensional character to the point I'm like, oh, this is a regular cast member. Yeah. Like the daughter, a full-on regular cast member. Mm -hmm. Like she was great. They gave her own scenes. She had her own arc and everything. And then she dies and I looked at the, I, I like, I, I had to see like what the timestamp was for when she dies. And then they flat, they, they fast forward to present day. And it was like, that was only 34 minutes of an hour and a half episode. Yeah. That was one third of the episode. It could have been its own movie. And then she's gone forever. Yeah. Like that was incredible. I mean, presumably we don't know presumably, what happens. In the that's rest true. Of this. <laughs> but like, presumably she's gone forever. They said they wanted to cast somebody as Sarah. Right. Who would also be good enough to play Ellie. And they fucking, fucking did. Because <laughs> I not knowing, knowing tangentially what this story is, was like, yeah, wait, is she the. But it's not his daughter in the whole thing, is it? Right. Maybe I forgot that detail of it. And she was so fucking good. Tess is also Ugh, like heartbreaking. so good. I had no idea she was going to die at the end of the second episode because I'm like, oh, she's in it for the long haul. It's the three of them. That's what the cast is. And then she's dead at the end of the second episode. And I was like, well, fuck. Yeah. I really liked her. I know. They give everyone a full three dimension. They put the, they take the time and I will the effort. Say, did you catch that? She, like how early on did you know she was bitten? I knew that she was bitten. Almost immediately. Uh, okay. Right? I will say this. I knew that she was bitten because I was like, this is a trope that yes. I am ready to be done with. Yep. It is the constant trope of like somebody got bit and we're going to reveal later on who it was. And well, it's and the- her entire character does a 180. Right. And she's just like super mean. And she's like, we have to go. Let's hurry. Come on. Right. And Joel doesn't know. And nobody's nobody suspects anything. And I immediately was like, she got fucking bit. Like, of she course she bit. did. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, really, it cemented it when they were in the warehouse and Ellie pulled up her sleeve and she's like, well, of the three of us, if it was going to be any of us, yeah. and it was like, oh, that means it wasn't you. 
Yeah. That means that means she got bit. Cause and I that's know, early on. That's like right after it happened. Yeah. Cause I was like, I know Pedro Pascal's not dying. Right. And I know you're not dying. <laughs> yeah, probably. And you just said if any of us should have gotten bit, it was going to be me. So thank God it was me, which means it's not you. Yeah. And I was like, that means it's her and she's going to die. I hate it when they, they really play it into that's And this is something I think we learned at, at in school together is that like, you know, one of the things that our teachers always really pushed on was like, if your character is lying, let them lie. Right. People are good at lying. Yes. Yeah. 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 So really try to do that. Yeah. You know, I don't know. But I, yeah, I, I think the only thing that about it that bugged me I, because I was enjoying the show so much, I was going like, don't do this trope. Like, be the one that does the different thing be the one that like doesn't have that happen if she's gonna die if she's gonna get bit she just gets bit right away and that's it and she's done like be that one well or you can have it go for a long time and then just not play into it and then like 10 minutes later she's like look i wasn't being honest with you back there one of them right. got me you but know there's always the like oh did anyone get bit no let's move on to the next story beat and then later on it's like i actually got bit and we're like of course one of you got bit we all know this no one goes into these situations unscathed what do you think of the design i love the de- i mean it's really incredible i like mean the it's zombies so, and stuff oh man they're horrifying they're right? gonna get all the awards all the awards yeah it's really those mushroom heads. Those clickers, man. The clickers are like ridiculous. They're and I know they're based on what they look like in the game. Almost exactly. Yeah. But it's different when you see because they're mostly prosthetic. Yes. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. It's different to see like a real tangible version of them. Yeah. It's crazy. It's I, like I said, they're getting all the awards for uh, for the set and the makeup, everything. Forget it. It's over. Yeah. Oh, here's my other uh, new trope, my new pet peeve I found that I want to die. Ready? (laughs) Okay. I would like, I'm going to put out a petition. Can we please put an end to the opening credits to stop consisting of an ultra close up tracking shot of something growing and forming? Stop doing this. All of the shows do this now. (sighs) I know. All of them do this. This is no longer an opening. It's just hard. Stop I, listen, it. I give The Last of Us a pass on this because it is literally about That's, plants growing. I understand. But yeah. I'm like, just... I know. Fucking... I know. Find a different thing. Yeah. F- find something else. All right? Yeah, I agree with that. I, I understand what you're saying. It makes yeah. It makes sense for this one show. But like, again, just find a different thing. Find anything. You know, panning shots of crumbling buildings oh yeah you know what that i mean like yeah uh, you know uh f- you know empty fields and then the z- and like blurred zombies run by anything yeah, yeah, yeah. like whatever like diff- paint a different picture yeah you know just fucking paint the aesthetic of what the show is yeah, instead of i agree it's crazy i'm like i'm done with this every show has it i put here kudos to them for getting the story fully in motion by the end of the pilot we are we we know who Joel is. We know what his hang up is. We know who Ellie is. We know what her deal is. We know who Tess is. And we are on our way all together. Yep. By the end of the pilot. Yep. Great. It's yeah. These are two very strong episodes. But that pilot, man, that's a strong pilot. That's one of the best pilots I've seen. Yeah, I think so. For me, too. I wrote here. Marlene tells Joel not to fuck this up, but then said that if the crew at the state house doesn't give Joel and Tess everything they want, they can kill Ellie and then they're all dead. So who really fucked up? 
<laughs> Everyone. Everyone's fucked yeah, up. Yeah, that's true. I've got a list of pet peeves. Okay, go for I it. I think I've gone through some of them. One of them, uh, remember when the old lady comes running out and Joel kills her with a wrench? Yep. He drops the wrench. I thought that too. What? Bring it. Put it in the fucking truck. The only thing I thought was like, does he, maybe he's just weirded out that it's coated in the blood an old lady's blood i guess because i was also like it's also got your fingerprints on it well it's one of those well i'm pretty sure at this point fingerprints maybe but you don't know they don't know but that's the thing is that i I think it was one of those things where they don't know what's going on so like you don't want to carry something with that blood on there contaminated yeah that's that's the only thing i thought is but i i i did bump on that too i'll allow it that's a good point thank you very much end of show i think it would have been nice to see Tess give more of a shit before she had to for the plot to progress. Like, you know, at the end, she's like, no, this could be it. This could be it. You have to do this for me. Look you know, at like, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to see this through. Save who you can. But bef- I would have liked to have seen her. There's a little bit more of this in the game. That monologue could have come sooner. Yeah. At any that could have come a lot. sooner. Well, and even just a hint. Yeah. Like, what if what if she is? What yeah, if yeah. she is the co- the solution to this? Like. I'm in this. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to follow me, but I'm going right. to I'm going to do this. Well, re- yeah. When she's like when he's like, we go home and she's like, this is not my home. I'm like, that line could have happened like before you guys even left. Right. Like you could have had that moment and just be like, this is not my home. This is not your home. Yeah. This is our, our way homes out. Are gone. <laughs> All right, yeah. But we can make new homes for other people. Yes. We, we can make go a home now in yeah. the future. Oh, there are a few shots that feel a little too much like a video game to me. Mm-hmm. They take me out of the story and I go, wait, why does this shot look like a... Oh, it's because this was a video game. They're just like third person-y. Yeah. And I don't... I just am like... like They they hang on these third person shots while other people are talking, which is what happens in the game a lot. Like right. you'll just be walking and there are people in front of you who you're following and they're having a conversation. Are a lot of these from the second episode? Yes. That's directed by... The game creator. Yes, you're right. So I'm right. wondering if that's like his best. Like, that's like, his thing. That's that's home base for him. Yeah, yeah. You might be right because this looks exactly like the game. Because I think this is the first thing that he's done, like not a video game. I think you might be right. Yeah. So that that may be just like like I said, that's like his comfort zone. Yeah. Because Craig Mason, the other guy that mm-hmm. helped create this. Has been around. He's a he's a screenwriter. He's been around forever. Yeah. I think this is one of his first directing. I think things. He, he did Chernobyl, didn't he? He d- he created Chernobyl. Yeah. I don't know how much he directed. I know he wrote it. His IMDb. It's fascinating because he did Chernobyl. He did this, but he also did Scary Movie three and four. The good ones. Yep. Yeah, of course. And uh, <laughs> what is it? It's not. Te- it's not teen movie. It's one of the. It's even is it worse the hero than that. movie or whatever? Yes, that's what it is. Yeah. It's the superhero parody movie. Yeah, an epic movie or something yes, like that. That's yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But it's just one of. The, and he did Senseless with David Spade and Marlon Wayans. Excellent. I'm like this guy. <laughs> Natural is like, progression. In some ways, uh, whenever I see this guy's IMDb, and he, uh, to be fair, he also had a really good podcast with um, who was his co-host? John, the guy who wrote Big Fish as oh, well. The book. No, no, no. The screenplay. Oh, okay. My point is like, I kind of, when I look at this guy's IMDb, I kind of respect him because I'm like, I've listened to this guy talk and you're like, oh, this guy's just a working guy. I'm a little jealous. He's just a guy. He's just like, nah, I just take a job. Somebody approaches me about a job. I write the scripts 
If it's shit, it's shit. It's what it is. Well, and also, like, you know, people contain multitudes. He's not just a drama guy. He's not just a comedy, comedy guy. guy. He's just that. like, no, I take a job. You know, somebody somebody hired me for a thing. I had a pitch. Yeah. They liked it. And any nutless monkey can direct a movie. I can now write this thing, and there you go. That's it. Yeah, yeah exactly. And <laughs> I, for fuck's sake, they got the guy who did the video game to direct the next episode. I mean, anybody can do this shit. You kidding yeah. me? Jesus. Do you want some Easter eggs? Yes. Go for some Easter eggs. I've only got a few. Merle Dandridge, who plays Marlene, auditioned for the same character for the video game 10 years ago and didn't get it. Really? Yeah. She, they That's said she was too young and she grew into it. So they cast her for this one. Nice. Yeah. This All right. We got to talk about the bread thing. Do you know about the bread thing? I've seen headlines about the fact that this is like a fan theory that has now been proven true. Okay. I mean, it must be. But I don't know what the bread thing is. So here's the bread thing. Wait, is this going to spoil something in the plot somehow? No, not at all. Okay. In fact, I turned to Melinda and I was like, is this what happens in the game? And she was like, I don't know. <laughs> so okay. here's the bread thing. They mentioned Jakarta. Yes. Right. Is where it's getting started. Yes. That is like the leading manufacturing hub of the world for flour. And you notice that throughout the first episode, Mm -hmm. throughout the first half of the first episode, Mm -hmm. Ellie, not Ellie. She's the only one that I was like, don't say this name. (laughs) Joel and Sarah almost eat things that contain flour. She's out of pancakes for his birthday. The pancake mix. Right. Right. When they're on their way out. The neighbors are like, hey, do you want some biscuits? We made extra. They say no. They turn down the biscuits. Oh, my. When Sarah goes to help the neighbors, she makes cookies and she goes, are they chocolate chip? And she says, no, they're raisin. And she decides not to have them. And then at the very end of the night, Joel is supposed to bring home a birthday cake and he forgets. So one of the fan theories is that the initial spread of this fungus happened in flour. Son of a bitch. Yeah, right. Oh, wow. So I, yeah, I was like, oh, that that checks out actually. Yeah. That's pretty good. Cuz the 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 kind of flashbacks don't really that's not part of the game, is it? Like the Jakarta scene, the talk show scene. No, no, no. Yeah, there's none of that. that God, that is some good writing. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, in fact, Melinda was like, I think that like doctor lady is my favorite character so far, like my favorite actor. Yeah. Oh, when she says to bomb it. Um, in fact, oh in the game, gosh. they don't really I don't remember them ever really going into any detail about anything before. Like you basically just get that opening scene. And that's it. And the rest is about how to fix the problem and not about how it started. Oh, the only thing I found I wrote here, but also Tommy eats breaded chicken. So like when they're getting ready in the morning, he I mean, it doesn't mean anything, but he opens up the fridge and he's like picking through stuff while they're getting ready while they're eating their eggs and bacon. And he's eating like cold breaded chicken. Yeah. Fried chicken. And I was like, well, yeah, yeah. if that was the goal of the directors or whatever. Right. Maybe don't have him eat fried chicken. Right. 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 <laughs> uh, and the last thing I have here is them traveling from Austin, Texas to Boston is such a long distance that I think they only made it there because the two cities rhyme. See, I'm a wordsman. A wordsman. A true wordsman. 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 I am a wordsman. Yeah. Just, oh, wait a minute. Hang on. Does that spell horde? Hordesman? No, it's W H O R D S M. I'm going to say I N. Actually, I'm going to mix it up a little bit. Wordsman. Wordsman. <laughs> All right. You're a true wordsman. <laughs> yeah. Overall, I love this. Yeah. I mean, I, I it's really great. It's really. I want to watch it week to week. Honestly, it's and this is 
not a slight on the show at all. I'm debating, do I want to watch this week to week or do I just want to like yeah. save it up? I'm the opposite. You know, we always get into this discussion where I always want to wait until it's over and then just like hammer it. Out. I want everything released all at once. And you always want it episodic. I'm the this is the first show that I found that I'm like, I kind of want to just watch it week to week. Watch it week to week. Yeah, Yeah, I might. I mean, I'm loving it. And so I want it week to week because I'm like, I want it. I want to savor this and everything. But part of me is like, I'm enjoying this so much. Like, do I just straight shot want to take this journey? Yeah. Uh, But I'm definitely going to stick with it week to week. I do want to say this (laughs) as well. It's not a spoiler. Actually, everyone who's listening to this, the episode's out now. But the character of Bill. Yeah. So, like, remember when I said uh, Pedro Pascal was a surprising choice for Joel? Yeah. Nick Offerman is a surprising choice for Bill. But I'm very intrigued to see what he can do. Nick Offerman is a surprising choice to play a part in a video game adaptation simply because there is not a chance in hell he has played a single second of this video game. (laughs) There is not a chance in hell Nick Offerman has played a single second of any video game. Let's be honest. That guy hasn't touched a computer since 1997. Yeah. But I I am very intrigued about what he's going to bring to this character. So that'll be interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, Should we go on to the reading assignments? Let's go on to the reading assignment. Let's go to the reading assignment. Okay. So you gave me the movie Masked and Anonymous. Chris. Yes, please. A lot has changed since the movie Masked and Anonymous was released in theaters. Gas was expensive. We were on the verge of a recession. And Bob Dylan was still alive. (laughs) He's what now? Well, it can't be much longer. We'll check back in at the end of the show. Okay, I guess not much has changed. But anyway, MySpace was around, so it was a better time. This July will be the 20th anniversary of the release of the movie Masks and Anonymous. The movie had a budget of seven and a half million dollars, but only made about 500,000 in 23 theaters. It opened to a weekend box office of $30,000 in four theaters. Chris, I ask reluctantly. What do you think of this film? I what what the hell is this? What is this movie? What the hell is this movie? What is this? That, I listen. Okay, here's um I jeez, oh, I don't even know where to start on this. I just let me set you a scene. Please do. Let me set you a scene. All right, because so like you said, it was released in two thousand three. So in two thousand three. What happened was everyone in Hollywood got a call from their agent all asking the same question. Hey, do you want to meet Bob Dylan? Because apparently you can get paid to do that now. (laughs) They all took pay cuts to be in this movie. I know they got paid scale for this. Yeah. Which is I, I which here's the thing. I think honestly, instead of working for scale, I think what in order to get paid for the movie, what Dylan should have done is just walk around to all of the actors with a box of bootleg cassette tapes and then just gone, just take one from the box, whichever one you want. I think you're going to say he should just give each of them a cut off of one song that he releases. Whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. He could have just taken a shoebox of scraps around and then just been like, just take one from the box. And then they could have pawned that on eBay and made yeah. like 10 times as much as they made for doing this movie. See, I still say like what he should have done is like, he's like, here's the deal. It's in the contract. I'm going to write and release a song uh, and everybody in this movie gets an equal percentage cut. (laughs) Yep. 
I, honestly, knowing Bob Dylan, he could have written a song for every person that was in this movie. <laughs> exactly. And then just, uh, you get this song and you get this song and this song and everybody yeah. gets a percentage cut. And it's just, because it, it is very clearly, listen, there's a lot of people in this cast and it is very clearly people who went, I want to meet Bob Dylan. <laughs> That's really it. Like yeah. I, I read that everyone worked for a scale and I was like, of course they did. Cause they just were like, yeah. They, Cause they definitely didn't read a script of this movie and went, Oh, I got to do this thing. I uh, disagree with that, but continue. This is a, um, <laughs> so I started watching this movie. All right. Sorry. I should set this up by the way. <laughs> so the movie collect your thoughts. Yeah. You're a wordsman. <laughs> Hertzman. Like Bob Dylan. Much like Bob Dylan. Yeah. So this the movie is John Goodman. I almost said John Candy. John Goodman. <laughs> <laughs> Not too far off, actually, in my yeah, defense. Yeah, yeah. Um John Goodman. Big John's. Jessica Lang. Yeah. Uh they're in a war-torn country, which could be America. Okay. Yeah. I have a, I've so, this movie is like an obsession of mine. So I have a ton of info about where this is, what has happened and great. All that. Great. Um, could be America. Mm -hmm. At first they make it seem like a Latin American country, but Mm -hmm. then could be America. Yeah. War torn country. They are promoters who are going to put on a benefit concert that seems like it's going to go towards charities and really is going to pay off massive amounts of debt that they have towards very dangerous people and then they get jack faith it's jack faith right jack faith yeah yep okay and i said that just so i could prove to you that i actually watched this movie (laughs) jack faith who is very clearly bob dylan in another universe (laughs) yeah He's not an actor. You got to cut him a little slack. No, I know. But it's very clearly like the character is Bob Dylan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like just but they find him in jail. (laughs) It's like Bob Dylan from the 60s, then never then like disappeared. Well, and also was the son of the new dictator. That's what he is. I got I wasn't sure if it was son or brother. Yeah. Well, okay, so he's the he's the brother. I thought it was brother. He's the brother of Mickey Rourke. He's Mickey Rourke's brother in this. Yes. That's not what I got from this. Yeah. Yeah. It's again, it's a movie that I have watched. Like it's very convoluted. So then they are going to put on a benefit concert and they get this. They get Bob Dylan out of jail. I'm just going to call him Bob Dylan. Bob Faith. Bob Faith out of jail. To put on, and he's going to be the only artist, and everyone's going, well, he's the only artist you need, because he's going to come out of retirement, I'm putting this in quotes, because he was in jail the whole time. Right. And everyone's going to be so star-spangled amazed that there he is, the the poet himself, the wordsman himself, (laughs) on stage, it's going to drive everyone to give a lot of money and fix all the world's problems, and then we're going to be able to get out of debt. So it's them setting up a benefit concert. Let me get back to this, though. So so he's Mickey. Rourke. Mickey Rourke plays the dictator's like chief of staff or something. I don't even. It's his son. It's his son. I don't get any of this. Yeah. Wait. So yeah. if Mickey Rourke is Bob Dylan's brother, then isn't the dictator his. Uh, so the dictator is his father. Yes. Remember, he goes into his bedroom and watches him die and he cries. Oh, no, no, no. I remember. No, I remember that. I thought it was his brother. No. 
Yeah. Because the, because because Dylan's a million years old. Because Dylan one Dylan is a million <laughs> years old and Mickey Rourke is like only half a million years old. <laughs> Especially in this in 2003. Yeah. But two, he has a conversation with Jeff Bridges, the reporter about his brother. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "What happened to your brother?" Right. And it was like he went on a they like are strange and he went missing or something like that. And I was like, oh, that brother disappeared, made a new identity and is now the dictator. But but Bob Dylan, being his brother, recognizes his brother and knows who his brother is and just doesn't say anything. But that's his father. Yes. They're the same age. I know. What the fuck is this movie? <laughs> what is Here's the this? other thing, though. Because, like, I'd be interested in looking up how old Mickey... Like, how what is the age difference between Mickey Rourke and Bob Dylan? Because I'm I think sure it's a big, not massive. I but think a big problem is that movie stars look young and Bob Dylan fucking doesn't. Agent. Yeah. That's true, too. But here's the other... Okay. So, this... I, I looked... I was watching this movie and I was like, what is this? And so, I had to... As I was watching, I had to do some research on it. So, the way... First of all, it's directed by Larry Charles. Yeah. Who... Of Seinfeld fame. Yeah. And Borat. And Borat. But I could all... And also uh, created... Helped create um, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Which yeah. I will say this. Watching this movie... I can see Curb Your Enthusiasm in this because it's a lot of that. Yeah. It's a lot of hands. The original idea for this film, you might be getting to this, was supposed to be a slapstick comedy. Yes. So the idea for this, I, I was like watching this movie, listening to the dialogue, which we'll get into. But we, I I was like, what is this movie? I got what is the Where is this coming from? So the I, this is a movie. I swear to God, if you're listening out there, this is true. <laughs> Bob Dylan said, I want to be in a slapstick comedy. And then approached Larry Charles because he was famous from Seinfeld for to do a a slapstick comedy. And he met Larry Charles in I think a hotel room or something. And Larry Charles said he brought out a a box that looks like it should belong to a wizard. Direct quote: Open the box and poured out scraps of paper. And this is how they pieced together a script because the scrap of paper had characters and lines of dialogue. And Larry David just started matching lines of dialogue to characters and ended up fleshing out a script. And then and then they were going to make a slapstick comedy. They had a script for it and was ready to go. And then Bob Dylan was like, I think this is too slapsticky and then left the project. And then they found a way to make this slightly more dramatic and then Bob Dylan was like, I'm back into the project. And here we are. And this is the movie yeah. that we get. I have notes. I have so many notes on this. They're all over the place. I was going to organize them. And then I was like, you know what? As a tribute to this film, I'm not going to organize them. Because if they didn't have the time or the effort to do it, I sure shit am not going to yeah. do it either. <laughs> it's a rare treat that a movie is only an hour and a half long and it left me thinking, why does it have to be this long? Oh. Val Kilmer, you could have cut Val Kilmer out of the movie. That would have taken half of the movie out. You could have cut half the characters out of the movie. I know. I'm very aware of that. Okay, so most of the dialogue are Bob, are just Bob Dylan lyrics that would probably work in a song, but they're but as dialogue they're just very stilted. They're like Every line, I was like, oh, I get it, Bob. I get it. I get it. I understand what you're saying. Ugh. I get it. 
Holy shit. It's it's a it's so I mean, listen, I it's so heavy handed. I still have the palm mark on my face when it slapped me across the face. Are you kidding me? This is the type of movie your friends pretentious doormate would make you watch as a thinly veiled attempt to show how much cooler and edgier they are. This is I'm just going to start reading my notes. I will say that Chris Penn is the best part of this movie because he clearly thinks all of this is bullshit. Wow. You hate this. He's the only character. He's the only character that has any sort of normal reaction to any line of dialogue that is put his way. Like when Christian Slater says anything to him, he's just like, yep, yep. (laughs) <laughs> like I was like oh he's a real human being in this everybody else is just like I mean listen they're doing I, I give it up for John Goodman that, like he took again I feel I feel like the dialogue here is very stilted and he is going balls out to like make whatever the dialogue is into something that like really works and he actually does make this sing pretty well like whenever he's on screen I'm like wow you are People say he should have gotten an Oscar nomination for The Big Lebowski. Fuck that. He should have gotten an Oscar nomination for this. Because if he can make some of these lines, like, work like a normal human being, like, that is a fucking Herculean effort. Oh, I get it. His name is Friend, but he only works for the press. I get it. And he's a mean person. I get it, Bob Dylan. You don't like the press. I get it. I think one of the things about this movie that, that, aside from the dialogue and everything like that, I had no idea where this was going. Not in like a a good way where it's like a driving plot. And I'm like, oh, I don't know where this is going. It felt like they established the setup. Fucking hell, he's up again. I'm going to finish this thought. It felt like they established the setup, then meandered around and had a lot of bunch of cameos and stuff. And then in like the last 30 minutes of the movie, they went, oh, fuck, we got to have a plot in here somewhere. And then, like, they rushed to the finish line because all of a sudden then they were like, hey, oh, fuck, we're putting on a concert. And they it's like bing, bang, boom. And all this stuff is happening. He's going to visit the, the I think that happens a little earlier. But like then all of a sudden, like these things are coming together and people are coming in and they're like, you better have our fucking money. And he, we're going to have your money and da, 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 and we're getting abandoned together and everything. And it's like the last third that all happens in the last 30 minutes. There was like 10 to 15 minutes of setup plot. A lot of other stuff in the middle. 30 minutes of like, bing, bang, boom. We got to get a plot in here. And I was like, where are we going with this? Like, I, yeah. I can kind of co- come in and out of this. All right, let's, let's try to pull this into the station. <laughs> well, how many more notes do you have? I think I only have one left. And it's about that you actually loved it. <laughs> yeah. And now I'm going to confess my undying love for this. <laughs> the whole movie is an hour and a half for Bob Dylan to tell us The same thing he's been saying about himself since the 60s, except in 2003, he's not like the Christ like figure that that everyone regards him as anymore. Like if this if I I did have the thought, like if this movie, if he had made this movie in the 60s, when he was at like the height of his influence, this would have been revolutionary. You know what I mean? Like if he had been Jack Faith. At that, but now in 2000, when I was watching, and I mean, now it's also 20 years later, even after the movie comes out, but I'm watching this and I'm going like, yeah, we get it. Okay. I understand. Like, 
Yeah, but you don't like the press. Yeah, but it is and, also about a character who was a Christ-like figure in the '60s who now is washed up and nobody gives a shit about. Right, but that's not. Uh, yeah, I, I understand. Like but frequently, also, they'll be like, "Oh, we got Jack Fate," and they're like, "So." Yeah. However, if there was a benefit concert and they were like, "We got Bob Dylan," everyone'd be like, "Oh fuck, that's pretty good." Like, not if he's the only guy. And also not if he went to jail. <laughs> right. Yes. This character, I understand why whenever they say we got Jack Faith and everyone's like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. But like, that's the thing is Bob Dylan is painting himself out to be that character. And I'm like, he's not. You're not. Like, I understand what you're saying. You don't. Again, the reporter's name is friend. And then he's a very uh, not friendly person. I'm like, yeah, that's a little. Okay. Sure. I get it. I do think staying on that initial thought that you had that I think this movie would benefit from having any of the thousands of actors that are in this play Jack fate. Yes, absolutely. It wasn't. And honestly, it wasn't even that Dylan was. It's funny because it's, it's not even that Dylan is bad in this as Jack faith. There's not much he does. Yeah, he barely does anything. He's sort of like Oliver Twist in the story of Oliver, where he's just being sort of passed around from person to person. And <laughs> then he goes back to jail. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I just realized that for this 20 year old movie that you cannot find anywhere yeah. except on Put Locker. But yeah, he doesn't really do anything. The, the, the character. And I think that's their point. But at the same time, there's nothing to this. Like, there's no, there feels like no stakes for this character either. It's not a thing where, like, they get him out of jail and then they build up this idea of, like, Jack Faith is going to do this concert and he's going to do the concert. And then at the end of it, when everyone's hopes are dashed because the whole thing, the president dies and the concert gets basically sidelined for Mickey Rourke announcing that they're bringing on the apocalypse or whatever. And then everyone's going like, oh, it all shit the bed. And he goes like, well, what did you want me to do? Like, I'm not a I'm not that guy. I'm a performer. You can't pin all your hopes on me. This isn't my fault. And I can't. There was nothing like that. He just kind of stood there. He killed Jeff Bridges and then he went back to jail. <laughs> he didn't. Oh, no, he didn't. Did he? It was that was no. uh, that was John Luke Gunn. Wilson. Luke Wilson did it. I was like, I saw. See, the scene. you weren't even paying attention. I couldn't. I remember the Jack Daniels bottle, and then and then uh, Jeff Daniels was dead. Who, who was? Who was dead? Je- what did I just say? Did I not listen Jack to what Daniels? I said? I'm a horse. I'm a horseman. Horseman. <laughs> Jack Daniels. Yes, Jack Daniels was dead. He killed. The, he smashed the bottle. He did, and he was dead. Yeah, he bled no, out. Jeff Bridges is dead. Uh, uh, Luke Wilson, I said, almost said Owen. Luke Wilson goes to jail. <laughs> Luke Wilson doesn't go to jail. He doesn't? No. No. Jack Faith goes to jail. Yes. <laughs> That's right. He you gotta it. watch this a few more times. I really will not. That's not true. <laughs> not true at all. I'm, I'm slowly starting to block it out of my memory. That's why I can't remember it right now. But it's just one of those things where I'm like, there was no, there was nothing. Like the, the last scene happens and then they take him back to jail again. And that's the end. And it was just like, this guy just got passed around. We watch Val Kilmer talk about fucking snakes or whatever the fuck he talks about for... <laughs> For fucking 20 minutes and then no payoff to that whatsoever.
also, what is this show that they're doing? They they promote like this is going to be a, co- a concert, right? But then they're like, look, we got a guy who looks like the Pope and Abraham Lincoln. And but you never see any of that. Like you, they parade the guys, the actors around the actor, the actors who are actors around like in the background and stuff, but you never see them like rehearsing anything. Yeah. What is it's just going to be like putting them up on the stage? I, I guess. guess. I don't know. Like during the songs, You're like doesn't this guy look like Abraham Lincoln? I was like, is he performing? And then in between there's like a circus act or something like, what is this? Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure it's all a metaphor for politics. <laughs> well, I can tell. No, I understood. Like, again, it was one of those things. that's like, you know, we're going to parade these big figures out as a commercialism of something, something. And I was like, yeah, I get that. But like, no, no, I mean, the story is like, I'm sure the whole movie is some sort of analogy for like parading people who don't mean anything or do anything and saying, look how entertaining this is or some shit. Right. But there is in this world, Mm -hmm. you're doing a thing. You have to actually like, and I think that's where a lot of the, where I was saying like, there was a large chunk where I was like, there's no plot in this. But I think a lot of the rules in this, I think this world has different rules than our world. Oh, it's definitely a heightened world. Yeah. But at the same time, if you're saying you're doing a concert, and the whole set piece takes place around like them where they're doing the concert. We might want to build towards doing the concert. However, it also could be just a like, oh, don't worry. We've got your money. It's coming in. We got these other guys, too. They don't have to do anything. No, they don't. But but then if they're not going to do anything, why do you have all these other actors and everything? You know what I mean? Like if you were trying to do that, if you were trying to the other thing is. Here's the other thing. If you're trying to raise money for for a fake charity so that you can, you know, pay off your debt and get rich and you're going to put on a benefit concert and the one of the reasons you got Jack Faith is cuz he's pretty cheap. Don't get anyone else. Like don't get not and I don't mean other musicians. Don't get the fucking pope look alike. Like don't pay that guy. Yeah. Don't hire the Abraham Lincoln. Don't hire the contortionist. Maybe. Don't, although but I, I will say, by the way, the the like acrobat or the contortionist, somebody comes in. Funniest line in the movie, John Goodman goes, <laughs> don't call that home number I gave you. Just out of nowhere. <laughs> and I was like, that cannot be a line that was written. I, I, you know what? Larry Charles was part, part of this, so maybe it yeah, was. Yeah, but yeah. I was like, that one felt like a, a Goodman original. Like, yeah. just... It doesn't... I don't think it was improvised because she, she gives a very warranted response like if you see the look oh, on her I face did, she's I, like yeah. oh fuck you yeah, yeah. you know I just love as opposed that. to like if john goodman said that to me on a set i'd be like what, what? <laughs> that was so good I, don't give that home number i gave you honey i that was so yeah, yeah that that was that's the your best takeaway the that's movie. your good that's the one good thing you have to yeah. say i was trying to figure out what is it about this movie that you really loved and then all of a sudden ed harris showed up in blackface and it came, oh became clear God. to me god damn it <laughs> That's why I'm so surprised you didn't like it. <laughs> I, like, I thought for sure we were going to come around to that and be like, you know what? Scratch off all these notes, tear it up, throw it in the trash. We've got a winner. This is wow. This is wow. Wow. I All right. Look, I think that the script is incredible. Uh-huh. I think I understand what you're saying. It doesn't have a. It's not very human. That's what I'm saying. It isn't accessible right. to the viewer. And that's what I mean. What I love about it is that so like Bob Dylan songs will have like 40 characters in them who are all equally important, deeply unique. 
Right. And strange beyond all comprehension. And that's sort of what I love about this movie. I mean, look, Giovanni Ravisi is like really good. I I think Val Kilmer's performance is really good. Here's a question I wanted to ask you. Is this the best cast film that you have ever seen? And not are they at their best? Right. But like you get a script that needs 50 actors. Right. Is this the like the best cast script? Sure. But again, like, I I, I mean, it's really well cast, at least. Right. It's really well. It, oh, yeah. yeah. It's really well cast in the fact that they again, they kind of like hand hedged their bets by going like, hey, we don't have a lot of money, but you get to meet Bob Dylan for a day. <laughs> and <laughs> clearly, like I would say. 85 to 90 percent of these people shot for one day. The movie only filmed for like a couple months. Right. So I'm I'm like, yeah, you know, John Goodman, Jessica Lange and Bob Dylan, Jeff Bridges, Penelope Cruz. Those five people shot for more than one day. Yeah. Almost everyone else. Cheech Marin, Val Kilmer. Giovanni Ribisi. Uh, Giovanni Ribisi. Chris Penn. Chris Penn, Christian Slater, and Harris. Luke Wilson was probably for oh, maybe... Oh, yeah, yeah, probably a couple days. Yeah, I would say two to three days for Luke Wilson. <laughs> yeah. But, like, everyone, you know, everyone else was there for, like, a day. So yeah. everyone went, hey, Fred listen, Ward. if you've got a, a day... You get to meet Bob Dylan and you get paid. Yeah. We're going to pay you for Except that. Except Fred Ward. Fred Ward didn't get to meet Bob but Dylan. He's the, but Bob Dylan is one of the co-writers. So chances are he is on set. Mm. I mean, they're not always there, but uh, chances yeah, are. I'd be, he, I'd be surprised if Bob Dylan showed his face when he didn't have to. Uh, be. But that's the thing is like if you're if you're part of the writing of the movie, you usually like are around. Yeah. In a normal movie. Yes, that's true. I well, the fucking you got me there. You got me dead to rights on that one. Yeah, I think like, listen, and I'm not a, and I'm a guy who likes a heightened dialogue. I mean, I've talked on this show about how I love Aaron Sorkin, which is not realistic dialogue. OK, it's like three percent heightened. Right. But what I'm saying is like, it's not. That's not how normal people talk in everyday life all the time. Sure, I would argue the delivery is what's different. Yes, with Aaron but I, but but he also the way he writes his dialogue, you you get it. Like he wants that delivery, right? Uh, yes, but that's what I mean. If they were sort of st- stammering a little more and trying to think of the right words, I think it would be right the way people talk for the most part. But that's the thing is for me this, like you said that this. It's not really alive. Like there's nothing. Yeah. Again, the poetry of it. I was. It's not so much the poetry of the dialogue. It's just. It's a little clunky in its construction. Like the big scene for me is the Cheech Marin scene, where it's like, "Are you go? Which which way are you yeah, going? Yeah, I love that, that scene. Way. Oh, that way's good we go. too. That way is good too. And I was like, this is a song lyric. Yeah, like this is. It feels like. I it was like, oh, Bob Dylan's a songwriter. He wrote song lyrics. It and feels like one of his them. songs. Yes, it feels yeah. exactly like one of his songs. But what? Uh, but and again, I think if you had someone take this stuff and really like massage it into a well crafted script, then the dialogue really pops. Sure. If you're encasing these lines and these scenes in again more human dialogue, the way that people actually talk. Yeah. You know. Then it really pops. But every scene had like 
it starts with some sort of kind of Bob Dylan-esque lyric exchange. Then like somewhere in the middle, there'll be another one. And then it ends with one as well. And sometimes they were tangentially related to the conversation that they were having. But like, not really. Like there, it was like, I put this in because this is a good place to put this line. Sure. Uh, we have this Bob Dylan lyric line. Let's put this in. Like yeah. They were in the trailer with it was Dylan and Luke Wilson and John Goodman. And there's a whole John Goodman doesn't like Luke Wilson. And they're yeah. all and there's like an argument and everything. And then at yeah. the end, they all have a three way line that like works together as like a nice Bob Dylan lyric. I forget <laughs> what it is. Something about being human on the earth or something. Sure. Like how hard it is oh, to be. It ain't easy being human. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That had no place. In, you, you hate that guy. You were just yelling at him. He was just yelling at you. Now we're all having a cover, like three lines about how hard it is to be on the earth. And I'm like, what the fuck are you people talking about here? <laughs> what is this? You know, it was one of those, which things. is funny. Cause that's something that I actually really appreciate about this film. I would argue that it is a masterclass in two things. One is being given. It reminds me a little bit of remember in school we had to each do like a section of Ovid. Yes. Ovid. I don't remember how it's pronounced. Ovid. It doesn't matter. But yeah, like this Greek. Like it's, it was a big. It was poetry. Right. Yes. Basically enormous like three page long Greek monologues. Right. And they all sort of worked together without ever interacting with each other. Right. And this feels a lot like something like that. Like I think it's worth watching for that and for like if you're an actor uh, especially looking at relationships between people and seeing that, like, there are very clearly uh, this sort of adds to your point. Excellent. There are relationships that are not spelled out in the script, mm-hmm. obviously, because it's just sort of text that are decided by either the actors or the director, like that relationship between John Goodman and Luke Wilson, where like. I don't find anything inherent in the text that says that John Goodman's character doesn't like Luke Wilson. It's just sort of the way he rolls his eyes whenever he talks, at least at the beginning. Right. And he sort right. of is like, Ugh, you know, he's sort of groaning and, you know, that sort of thing. It, or, or like the Spoon. Do you know the Spoon River anthology? No. All right. It's something that gets taught in um, theater classes in high school a lot because it's a it's a book of monologues. The idea is that it's, it's literally like 200 monologues. And the idea is that each character is a headstone from a cemetery of the same town, like the same cemetery. Okay. And so you get a monologue about what their life was like, who they liked, who they didn't like, and you can weave... But through the course of it, you paint a picture of the town and its history. Right, exactly. And it feels a little bit like that to me, where like there are these characters who are living in their own world, Mm -hmm. but they're not in a vacuum, where they are interacting with each other in various ways and you can see the relationship between them and how that relationship is different between those two characters and one of those characters and a different person. And like they interact differently depending on who they're with. They say different things. They speak differently. Right. I understand what you're saying. I don't know. To me, that's that's like one of the sort of the highlight of the film for me. Here's the thing. I think what its real problem is it like kind of teeters on the border of one of two things and it doesn't decide what it's going to be. Gotcha. It could be a movie that is simply about people putting on this benefit concert, right? And that's the drive. We got to get the concert done because we have to make this money because these people over here are going to kill us. And there can be a social commentary weaved in that, but like that's a, that's the drive of the movie, right? Or it can, you can take, like a more almost sketch like approach to it where it's these 
disconnected scenes that are all based around this benefit concert that they're doing. But it's just a series of, like you said, like two characters interacting and you get a slice of their life and then you move on to like another thing. I'm trying to, th- there's a better, there's an example of a movie of this structure and I can't think of it right now, but there's, you know, it's almost like a Monty Python movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Not a life of Brian. What's the other one? Meaning of life. Meaning of life. Yeah. Almost like that, where it's just yeah. a series of sketches. Vignettes. Vignettes that are based around this benefit concert. And you have, because the heightened world made sense to me. And at first I thought that's what they were doing because they, everything felt very disjointed. And then Bob Dylan gets introduced and very quickly you go like, oh, there's supposed to be a central plot to this movie. But it teeters there because it's like, you know, John Goodman's character starts off the movie. Then Jessica Lange has a scene. Then they have a scene. Then Bruce Dern. Bruce, fuck, Bruce Dern's in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they have a scene. And I was like, oh, you're building this idea of this world that is, you know, and making political and social commentary around this this concert. And you're going to get all these vignettes from all these different aspects of show business and politics and how they all, and journalism and how it all merges together in a horrible way. Blah, 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 blah. But it doesn't do that. Then it breaks off. And then Jack Faith comes in and he's in like every scene. But then again, there's that scene like with Val Kilmer where it's like, what is this monologue and why is it here? You have nothing to do with the movie. I don't even know what what you're doing for this concert. I don't know what your job is. I don't know how this you're making this happen. He's clearly the animal wrangler. That's true. <laughs> or the cocaine wrangler. It could have been one or the other. But it was like, and I was like, okay, so it's a movie movie with a real plot and everything. So where's that? And then it never really kind of like Angela Bassett is in this. Fuck, oh, yeah. She's really good in this movie. Yeah, she's great. But yeah, it was one of those things where I'm like, I was waiting for it to kind of like shit or get off the pot with it. And, I, and it kind of never dead so yeah so those are my thoughts on this movie i do very quickly want to read a couple quotes from the director larry charles go for it that uh, i to prepare for this i watched the dvd with the commentary on and it's just the director like i kind of hoped it would be him and bob dylan but it's not <laughs> or like somebody else yeah it's literally just him sort of grumbling into a microphone while he watches the movie but here's a couple quotes from him There's a real richness and humor to this language, and the critics by and large just completely ignored that aspect of the movie, as well as the ferocious performances of people like John and Jessica and Jeff. Critics just would not engage with the actual movie itself and instead dealt with a perception of the movie that really did not allow them to get into it at all and served as a real stumbling block and an obstacle. Because when audiences would see the movie, they felt like they had broken through some kind of critical boundary and they were able to engage and enjoy it. You were not part of that audience, though. No, I was not. Another quote from the director is, uh, everybody is doing an act in this film, which I like. Everybody's putting on sort of a a song and dance and putting on a mask because they're masked and anonymous. That's the title of the film. Oh. No matter how small the character is, their story has a beginning, a middle, and an end, which is something I really appreciate. And uh, the only Easter egg that I found is uh, there's a part where they're talking to... Robert Wisdom, who plays the sort of showrunner of this whole thing, he's the the dark skinned guy who's like threatening to kill Jessica Lang. They're in like a big board meeting or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. A, a big board that has like uh, the list of their shows. They're like TV shows that they put up on their channel or whatever. They're all the titles of all of them are Bob Dylan songs. So that's a nice little Easter egg. Bob Dylan, the band in this movie is Bob Dylan's Bob Dylan's band. band. That's right. Yeah. yeah, they had to call it Simple Twist of Fate. 
because there's already a cover band called The Simple Twist of Fate. Oh, really? Yeah, so they couldn't use that. They had to call them Simple Twist of Fate. That's really funny, actually. <laughs> Should have just gotten those guys. <laughs> How dare you? He is... That's one thing I'll say about Dylan, is he picks a band that is better than him every time he tours. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. He knows how to back himself up. So, all right, cool. Are you ready for your reading. Yeah, I'm ready to shit on whatever you give me. Excellent. Go for (laughs) it. I'm giving you Superman Unchained. This by Zach. No. Oh, my God. I was Zach Snyder. Scott Snyder. Yeah. And Jim Lee. Okay. Sounds racist. Because I said Jim Lee. No, Unchained. Oh, 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 oh. didn't get that at all just, <laughs> i just found out right so, over me i just found out i'm in a group for my local neighborhood and it's all like horribly ancient people and they literally were like i believe hey. this group is supposed to stay anonymous i'm gonna stop you right there <laughs> what the fuck was oh so one of them was like remember 50 years ago when the firehouse would do a chinese auction and i was like the fuck is that and i and everyone was like oh yeah for sure it was the best i still have you know i want a bottle of wine or whatever and i was like this has to be a racist thing right of course it is (laughs) i was like of course it it, is it's obviously something that i know that i'm familiar with that i know that has a different name name. that it's changed because it's a horribly racist thing so i googled what's a chinese auction well i'm glad that's in your search engine now (laughs) that's in the algorithm (laughs) yeah but it's a raffle and I was like, that's OK. And I slightly below that was, why was it called a Chinese auction? And I looked and it's because being Chinese in the U.S. became associated with being poor. And so it's to win cheap stuff and you can buy a, a ticket for like a buck. Oh, man. Oh, and man, I was oh, like, man. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Holy shit. Everything in this fucking country is racist. Oh, yeah. Except baby. the Oscars this year, baby. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm very happy. Yeah, so Superman Unchained by Scott Snyder, Jim Lee. There it is. That's it. That's it. Should we get out of here? Oh, Jesus, if we can. Yes, let's get out of here. Hey, Andrew. What? Hey, Andrew. What? Hey, Andrew. What? Where can they find they us? They can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break. Here's a little peek behind the curtain. I was just like, oh, shit, the music isn't starting because I edit the music into the episode mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I hear it. But this time, while we were recording, I was like, hey, I don't hear the music. It's because I haven't I haven't put it in yet. I do that later. Mm. So just now I was like, oh, God, what's happening? What's Something's going gone horribly wrong. But it you hadn't. know what? Actually, sometimes when you're doing this, I also in the, in my head, I'm going like I, I have doom, the music doom, playing. Doom, in my head. Doom, doom, doom. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter where our handle is at Media Lunch Break. Go over there and follow us. We're doing giveaways all the time, 24-7. That's not true. It's occasional. You can also find us on Facebook. We're on Instagram where our handle is at The Media Lunch Break. We're on YouTube.com slash The Media Lunch Break. We've been putting out great videos at the time of recording this. Chris just put out an awesome one about wrestlers turned actors. I did. Uh, that's probably old hat at this point. Hopefully some of my Bob Dylan ones have been coming out to prepare for this episode. Um, or maybe they haven't. Who knows? <laughs> maybe they'll come out Who after knows? this episode. I think I'll have another one out by the time this comes out, too. So, well, it'll be a little one. Well, yeah, we got tons of videos on there. And if you like Bob Dylan, if you're listening to this because you're amazed, you're masked, you're anonymous, that there was a movie starring and written by Bob Dylan that you didn't know about. Get in line. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> give that movie a watch. Uh, or as Chris would say, don't give that movie a watch. And then head over to our YouTube channel to check out my 101 top Bob Dylan lyrics. 
I don't know why I did this. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. I don't know. Either. Holy shit. You can also find us on TikTok, where our handle is at the Media Lunch Break. We're on Patreon. If you'd like to help support the show, please head over to there. We've got extra benefit stuff. We've got filmed versions of the podcast that are unedited. We've got all sorts of cool stuff over there. So head on over to there to check that out. You can also send us an email at themedialunchbreak at gmail.com. You can visit our website, which is www.themedialunchbreak.com. Give us a rating or a review in or both for both on iTunes, SoundCloud or YouTube. Or anywhere else that that sort of thing is available. Special thank you to Julie. Thanks, Julie. For being super cool and one of our favorite patrons. Mm-hmm. As always, just like Andrew said, you can leave a rating and a review in write an app. Uh, if you do it write an app, it actually really does help. I don't know how. Stop asking me for the last goddamn time. As always, if you leave a five star rating, you can leave whatever kind of review you want in there. This week, just leave some sort of Bob Dylan lyric in there. Just go for it. Why not? Or if you want to, if you don't know a Bob Dylan lyric, make one up. Yeah, write your own. That's what I was. Write your say. own and just make it sound like it's from Dylan. Basically, if you, uh, I don't know, make give it some twang and base it on whatever dream you had that that night. That's pretty much it. There you go. Uh, that's the formula. Other than that, let's see. We talked about Mast and Anonymous this week, and The Last of Us next week is going to be the best damn day of the week. Oh, shit. It's the Tuesday news it's day. It's the Tuesday news day, baby. And then after that, I don't know, because we're right before Ant-Man, I think. Oh. I think we're like a week off of Ant-Man. Oscar nominations? That's, I was thinking that. or maybe. I feel like that would be a better video. Yeah. I, I was thinking maybe we could do like... What's coming up in 2023? That could be a thing. We'll, uh, me, uh, I got some ideas. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But uh, well, yeah, we could so, do sort of an Ant Man. I don't know. We could talk about Ant Man before, uh, like a primer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we could do the first movie again, maybe or, or the second one, or I don't yeah, know. Yeah, let me the first two. think about it. There's something there. I don't know. I'll th- let me mull it over. Um, or it'll be something completely different. We could talk about that time he beat his wife. There you go. That's a thing that happens. In the I comics. know it is. So, uh, but here's the thing. Like, that's what we're thinking about talking about. However, in that interim, if you're listening to this and you're like, you two idiots, I know what you should talk about. You should talk about this thing. If you would like to do our jobs for us and yep. pick the thing that we talk about. Feel free. Send it over. Uh, we just talked about Master and Anonymous for uh, three to five hours. But if you were like, hey, listen, here's a movie that you should watch. Here's something you should listen to. Here's something you should read. Send it over. If you want to give us a rating assignment for the both of us, send it over. If you're a creator, you made a movie, you made a pilot, you uh, uh, made a I almost said pod. Yeah, sure. Why not? Send yeah, over fuck podcasts. it. We've reviewed podcasts on here before. We have. Yeah. You wrote a comic. Oh, my God. Send it over. You want us to point some people towards it? Yeah. Give it some love. Give it we some critique. We got to get back to the New York Comic Con comics, we do. too. We do. Send it over to us. Do it. We love those. Yeah, we have no problem giving people a shout out on this. Other than that... I think that's about it, right? I don't think you missed anything. Yeah, that's it. There that's it is. It. Boom. I think we did right, it. We did it. There wasn't a thing. Guess what, Andrew? What? Now there's a thing. Oh, my God. I right know. in fucking front of my Boom. face. It happened right there's in front of me. There's a thing right there just dangling. It just, you just didn't expect it. It just really comes out of nowhere. It just fell out. I know. I know. And the size of it this week is, is shocking. <laughs> you really didn't expect that from me, did you? You're telling me. Yeah. And it's funny because I honestly have no idea because uh, for a little peek 
behind the curtain again. There's a lot of long pauses that have been cut out of this episode. So yep. it could be an hour and a half or it could be 20 minutes. I have yep. no idea. Who knows? <laughs> but either way, not you're surprised by the size of it anyway. <laughs> yeah, so that's it. That's all I got. There we go. I should probably get out of here pretty quickly. I'm sure my kid's going to wake up in 30 seconds, that little bastard. Oh, what? I checked. Yes. As of recording this. Yes. And if this changes in the next week, I'm going to have egg on my face. Yes. Bob Dylan is still alive. You've now doomed Bob Dylan to death. <laughs> no. You know that, right? No. We did this last time. We did this with our last show of 2022. We were like... Do you think there's going to be actually we said celebrities will die? Yeah, we did. I didn't name anybody. We didn't name anybody, but we said celebrities will die. It's that death note. There's a reference. And man, who knew? Who knew? I don't even remember who. It was Barbara Walters and the Pope. That's how (laughs) it went to the Pope. Well, that's, uh, you know, listen, he was the bad one anyway, right? He was the bad one. (laughs) I mean, none of them are great. Let's be honest. They're not. None of them are good. We're going to get canceled. But we're going to get a strike. I was just I love how we were like, I mean, celebrities will die. And I was like, you know, someone from the Partridge family. (laughs) And that's what I thought. But not the Pope. Jesus. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So now that you've said Bob Dylan is still alive and we've talked about the fact that he may die. He will be dead. How old is Bob Dylan? 27. (laughs) He looks terrible. I thought that he would be like, how old is Bob Dylan? My computer just turned to dust. (laughs) He's got to use moisturizer. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. He looked ancient in this movie. And then I'm like, it's 20 years old. It is. Yeah. Do you know who Jacob Dylan is? Yeah, his son, son from the Wallflowers. Yeah, he's almost 60. Jesus H. Christ. <laughs> he looks very young. He does. He, looks he must have his mother's genes. Oh, it's got to be from his mother's genes. Yikes. Yeah. Willie Nelson is 89. I got to stop this. I'm going to kill too many celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end. That's it.